Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Thank you so much for joining us here today at RTI. Up ahead, we'll have for you hashtag Taiwan and status update. But first, here in Taiwan. It is Monday, September 28th, and this is Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. In the studio today, we have Leslie Liao. Hello, everybody. We have Catherine Wei. Hi. And I am Andrew Ryan. Special hello to everyone watching live on the RTI Facebook page. And also, we'd like to invite you to drop us a message below to say hi. Uh, and also a special hello to all of our radio listeners tuning in from around the world on Tuesday. I tell you, this is very exciting. We're doing things with audio, with visual, on radio, around the world. It's happening on Monday. It's happening on Tuesday. <laughs> I hope you all are keeping track of what's happening here. Uh, in today's show, we've got some uh, great topics. We're going to talk a little bit about the Golden Bell Awards, which went up over the weekend, the TV awards this time. Uh, and we're going to talk specifically about two indigenous um, winners who took the stage uh, and they were dressed in traditional uh, clothing. Uh, unfortunately, we got some very inappropriate headlines connected to that. Yeah, so we're going to be showing you a little bit about what they were wearing and talking a little bit about how the media maybe should be covering um, indigenous winners. Also, uh, the Sun Moon Lake swim that happened over the weekend. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and another win for promoting diversity in Taiwan. We've got some new postage stamps with things like mosques. So all these stories and more in today's Here in Taiwan. Don't go away. Here we go. So it seems like this is uh, officially awards season. Mm -hmm. Last weekend, I guess two weekends ago, we had the radio awards, the Golden Bells. Uh, this past weekend, we had more Golden Bells, but for television, I guess next weekend, we're doing the Golden Melody Awards, right? For it's music. It's coming up. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So award season is how I'm very exciting time of the year. Unfortunately, not every um, award winning story uh, is covered the best way possible. Uh, Catherine, you're going to start us off uh, by talking about two indigenous winners from this past weekend. Right. So these two young men, they won the best hosts for a children's show, which is great. Right, and they decided to take to the stage wearing traditional, co uh, not costumes, my God, I'm so sorry, <laughs> clothing. That's actually a really good thing to point out. That's one of right. the things that um, we often say by mistake. Uh -huh. They're not costumes, they're, they're actually traditional They are their traditional, traditional clothing. clothing that... Um, I have a picture here, you want to see? Yeah, they are from two different tribes. That's um, right. The, uh, the fellow on the right... Is from the Dao tribe, right? Mm -hmm. They reside on Orchid Island, Lanyu. And the other young man is from Taiyatsu. The Atayo tribe? Mm -hmm. So it's more of a mountainous tribe in Taiwan. Um, and their names, let me give a crack at it if I can. <laughs> We're Apologies. very sorry if. Yeah, yeah, if we get the name wrong. So Panguyud. I believe is the one uh, the, from, from the Dao tribe, and the other one is called Buya. 
mm-hmm. from the Atayal tribe. So they look great. They look fantastic in their they traditional look great. clothing. They yeah. look very happy to be there too. And this is very positive for uh, young children in their tribes who might be feeling a little, I don't know, a little shy about wearing traditional clothing in public. And I think it's particularly hard. To, um, I'll show you a picture once again. If you're from the Dau tribe from Orchid Island, because um, their traditional clothing for men involves wearing what looks like a kind of a loincloth and the back of it is open. So it's, you can see the buttocks um, and for people in the tribe, that's, you know, that's, that's traditional clothing. That's nothing unusual. Right. Uh, It's, it's, you know, it's something that they're very proud to wear. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, in a very big crowded kind of awards Mm -hmm. hall, it's a little different from usual where people are usually dressed wearing kind of suits or kind of formal wear. The Western idea of formal wear. Exactly. I'm glad you said that because Mm -hmm. this is actually for them is, it's a, it's a type of formal wear. It's a very kind of like, you know, very appreciated and much respected form of clothing. It's like a kilt in Scotland. Yeah, exactly. He comes out and says they have different variations for different occasions. And the one he's wearing is actually for formal, formal occasions. So what happened was local media or print media came out with some headlines, you know, they just try to grab eyeballs and all that, which I get, but it wasn't appropriate at all how they they um, picked the headlines. It talked about nudity, and they talked about how they were dressed um, less or more revealing than than the female celebrities, and how this like successfully um, got their show more attention, things like that. Which I thought meant we had we still have a long way to go um, to respect diversity. Absolutely, yeah. I think just people are still surprised when they see indigenous people wearing their traditional clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something that you see too often in mm. Taiwan. No. Um, and I think in particular the Dawu tribe, which is a much smaller tribe uh, and is more remote because it's located on an island separate from the main island of Taiwan. So I think this may be one of the few occasions where I've even seen um, somebody wearing traditional Dawu clothing at a very formal event. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really have that opportunity very often. Um, and of course, these awards, um, it is a very kind of, I don't think the Dawu tribe had awards back in the day. <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of the indigenous um, communities tend to be kind of more communal about how they appreciate uh, one another. Mm-hmm. Um, in this this award ceremony, this seems like a much more, in some ways, Western thing almost. You know, to mm-hmm. have to pick a winner and to have a first place and a second place and, you know, whatnot. We have that, too, but well, for exams. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Back in the day, yeah, the yeah. traditional um, Han Chinese culture would be about winning the imperial exams, right? Mm-hmm. Or getting getting your rank based on how you do on the tests. Um, so, I think it's, it's a shame to see... Um, you know, physical things being used to describe people. Mm-hmm. Um, body... Um, you know, comparing them to female celebrities and what they're wearing and whether it's more revealing or less revealing also feminizes them and mm-hmm. says a lot of different things, very layered things about gender. Tabloidy mm-hmm. in nature. For sure. I mean, that's the, like like Kat was saying, right? They're just trying to grab eyes, headlines, mm-hmm. shock value, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. So, what, what are our guidelines for uh, people um, reporting on this type of story? 
Um, what would Just, you recommend? I would say responsible journalism is telling it as it is. You don't add um, flowery adjectives or mm-hmm. try to make it into clickbait. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe say this is the first time or like look into it. If this is the first time traditional Aboriginal clothing has been worn to a formal award ceremony, say it like that mm-hmm. and say how this is maybe a good example or talk to some experts who are studying Aboriginal tribes and maybe the experts can tell you, oh, this is a very positive thing for young children in these tribes. Mm. I think a lot of times when we get in trouble is when we start describing things. I think you're absolutely mm. right. Yeah. So descriptive language, um, describing things in terms of other than kind of like black and white, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, when we're talking about like comparing, mm-hmm. we get in trouble with things or talking about our own opinions. Of course, when we're doing journalism, we you know, learn from day one not to say what you think about it. Uh Um, But I think people also get in trouble for saying what a lot of people think about it, right? Right. People were talking about X, Y, Z. That's, I think, when you you get in trouble. Yeah. So, an interesting story. Um, Hopefully, we will see kind of these issues being uh, handled a little bit more uh, delicately or carefully. Um, You know, one thing that is a a great way to, to prevent uh, bad reporting like this is to get more indigenous people in your reporting room. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, to have a more representation is important. Definitely, absolutely. Okay, we're going to talk about another thing that happened this past weekend. That is the annual Sun Moon Lake Swim. Have either of you done this before? No. No. Okay. (laughs) I do. How far is it? It's 3.3 kilometers. Yeah. 3.3? What was when I did it? It was Uh, 3.3. I don't know if that extra 0.3 probably doesn't really, (laughs) doesn't add too much (laughs) onto the whole race. Um, Yeah. So basically it's every year, it's tens of thousands of people join in. Mm. Um, the year I went, uh, I went twice. The second time I went, I went with um, a blind swimmer, mm-hmm. um, completely blind. Um, so my job was to make sure that he uh, knew which way to go. Wow, I mean, it's, big I think, responsibility. Yeah, yeah, I was a little nervous about it. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, everybody that does go across the river or the lake, you have to have a flotation device. Mm-hmm. So it is very safe. Even people who are not necessarily swimmers can actually paddle your way across the lake. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, so what happened this year? I think things were a little bit different with yeah, the pandemic, yeah? Interestingly was um, I did the translation, the English translation for the website for this oh, event. Wow. wow. And um, But this was pre-COVID-19, so I don't know how they... They didn't ask me to do anything, translate anything as far as uh, prevention goes, but apparently they implemented um, the swim fest with... Uh, uh, prevention measures, but still 20,000 people did take 20, part. 20,000 people. How many cow. did it last year? I like, think it's about the same. It's, okay. they're, they're always breaking wow. like 10,000. Um, the extra disease prevention measures in place because, of course, right now we're going through a pandemic. This year, organizers checked each participant's temperature. 20,000 people had to get their temperature checked, and um, all still participants had to. Ooh, w- sorry about that. Part. It's okay. <laughs> All uh, participants had to wear a mask right in up the to water? Bo- no, before they entered the water, and <laughs> okay. then upon, and then once they uh, got out, they had to wear a mask as well. So they actually—that <laughs> means they actually had to carry Either. a mask on their person, like in a waterproof bag. 
Oh yeah, huh? yeah. I, I heard they had to have that. two. One was before the event, and then one is to put or on. Or maybe as soon they as you get passed over. out masks at the finish line. I didn't even know. Maybe. No idea. <laughs> I uh, I think I read something that said that they had to they had to um carry yeah one. to carry one on their oh, person. Wow. So each swim uh, each swimmer was divided into one of four groups, which is a different start time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said the intervals between the starting times were longer than in the past. Okay. So they didn't like add any more time slots. The exact number is 21,828 people attended, 195 of them forum nationals. Oh, my friend took the photo. Did they, they took the Oh, wow. Shout out to wow, Richie. Wow, wow, wow. All right. <laughs> and then um, participants included former President Maingjo. And then a team. He's very active, isn't he? He's very Can active. Can I just uh, bump in there for a second? Yeah. So the weekend before, like last weekend, yeah. I did a uh, triathlon, uh-huh. and he was there at the triathlon doing a whole triathlon. Man's enjoying isn't retirement. Sixties. That's very. Imp- yes. He's in his seventies. Yes. That's very very impressive. Oh, Colors impressed. Isn't wow. he a, a marathon runner? Like been for a long time. Yeah. I think he runs every morning at five. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. So it makes sense yeah. that he's acti- as active as he is now. Yes. But Wow. A swim and then a triathlon in two consecutive weeks. That's nuts. That's a I, bit much, especially at 70. I, I sat this one out. Like, <laughs> my dad, he, he's, he's about 70 and he walks around the park twice and he's like, woo, I am beat for the rest of the day. <laughs> the man like nods off three times. Oh, no. Um, but there was also another team led by the Australian representative to Taiwan, Gary Cohen. And uh, also in attendance was Canadian representative to Taiwan, Jordan Reeves. Now, Fine. when we say representative, that's the closest thing Taiwan has to ambassadors Mm. from those countries as well. Um, When Cohen said when he first arrived in Taiwan, he says people in Taiwanese people in their lifetime, they do three things. Do you want to guess what they are? One is swim across Sun Moon Lake. What are the other ones? Climb your sun. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Do it again. It's three things that they do when one. Yeah, he said, okay, so he, Cohen said that the Australian representative of yeah. Taiwan said when people in Taiwan in their lifetime, they do three oh, things. okay, yeah. One is swim some noon lake. One is climb Yusan, which is Katya said, and? I think it's Huan Dao. It's like going around the island once. Yeah, but on a bicycle. On a bicycle. Oh. oh. I, uh, on a bicycle. Oof. We got all three. Yeah, and uh, he, Cohen, who has spent... Uh, He's been in Taiwan for two years and nine months. He says uh, he's been promoting sports diplomacy. Mm, I like which that. Which is uh, something pretty new. That is that, uh, I think the cool. AIG is pushing for that, too. Are they? Yeah, they're saying um, baseball is our soft power, so... Oh, I like that. Yeah. Mm. It's it, well, I mean, Taiwan was one of the only places in the world that had like live games with mm. um, a oh, crowd. Oh, we went to our first yeah. game this year. Really? Yeah. How was it? It was great. It was kind of weird not having that many people there, but the people yeah. who were there were very excited. So it was cute. I have a ticket for this coming weekend. Oh, this where? Is be my first in game Xinjiang? ever in Xinjiang. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, the yeah. Xinjiang baseball it's stadium. Very nice. Nice. It's very nice. Yeah. It's uh, it's very American style. I hear they have good eats. Uh, uh, they do. Well, yeah, like you go to baseball game but i hear it's gonna be food that you're not gonna find at an american baseball game it's gonna Ooh, be like, like sticky uh, tofu sticky tofu guapa <laughs> yeah. way i hear is a big one the bian dong there is pretty good the lunch boxes oh, well i always so go good. go to the games for food so <laughs> so do i I go to yell at the players i don't know what you guys are doing anybody here like baseball yeah, heckler I do the little like cheerleader oh, yeah. moves <laughs> hey better 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 swing <laughs> you can see all our personalities there one for food well two for food one well come on heckling. you do food too. i do love food but i like heckling as well i'm excited to see the like the cheerleading i hear they they lead dances they're very choreographed and um that's something that taiwan does over 
uh, American baseball. American baseball doesn't have cheerleaders. Yes, that's yeah. true. That is true. I think that'd be weird in an American baseball game to see some cheerleaders. Yeah. Um, but still super cool. Um, so we have actually a bunch of people have le- left some messages. Um, we have Ijaz Karim says, hi, Andrew, how are you? From Pakistan Aww. watching. We have um, Dave uh, Truba in Kaohsiung. Greetings from Kaohsiung. Very Thanks local. for this content. Wow. Hi. Um, we also have Jessica Chang who says, hi, Catherine, and hi, Leslie. She was in, hi, the, uh, in the Sun Moon Lake swim that's right. wow yeah you, so you talked to her this morning right or yeah. this afternoon right i was worried because like her face was red and i was like were you crying just now she's like no i'm sunburned <laughs> i'm like from what don't go around asking people if they were just crying i don't know like i'm a concerned citizen if you guys show up crying i'd want to be like are you crying if the answer is yes i'd ask you what's wrong <laughs> michael g kelly says thanks guys from ireland Oh, wow. Very cool. I love to see that people are uh, writing in and tuning in from all around the world. Big hello to everyone. Uh, we like that. Uh, have any of you swam across Sun Moon Lake? Or does anybody <laughs> do like big swims like this? Maybe let us know. I would love to know. Yeah. Is this a thing? May, are, are sporting events happening in your part of the world? Um, we're, we're very lucky actually. We are. To have events going on. Mm. We're lucky to be sitting this close to each other in the studio without yeah. masks. That too. Um, I'm going to a run in November. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, is it the Penghu one? No, no, no. The, I wanted to go to the Penghu one, but, um, I signed up, uh, but plane tickets. I couldn't get a plane to Penghu. Ooh. Take a boat, take a ferry. Because. Wait, why couldn't you get a plane ticket? I, I bought my plane tickets to Penghu like two days before. I guess the, the marathon's a huge draw oh. because the fueling stations at the marathons have lobster and squid right, balls. I did a video on that. What? <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, free lobster and squid mm-hmm. balls, sign me up. Wait, was that why you were asking me about lobster in the office today? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still sad you can't I love go? That. No, because I'm, I'm doing another run. I'm doing a, a 12 and a half K. In Taipei, yeah. is it in conjunction with the Taipei Marathon, or is it different? Uh, no, one? it's different one. It's okay. for uh, Rotary. Okay, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So nice. they're doing they're do they're a charitable organization, right? That's wow. great. Yeah. All these runs. All these runs. It makes me feel like I should, uh, you know, run and sign up. <laughs> 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 Okay, so you have a story uh, there, Kat. Another win for promoting diversity in Taiwan. Some stamps featuring things like mosques in Taipei and Taichung. Right. Tell us so all about that. Tomorrow, Zhonghua Youzheng, uh, the Taiwan's post office, mm-hmm. will be releasing a set of stamps that feature two of our mosques right here in Taiwan. Mm. One in Taipei, uh, that's near Dan Forest Park, and the other is in Taichung. Mm, very cool. Yeah, I think oh. this is a first ever. We've never featured our local mosques on our stamps. That's the one near my house. Yeah, it is. Park. In Danchu. That I'm, Taiwan, I think one thing that's underestimated is that Taiwan has a very big Muslim population. It does. Just uh, proportionally, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I have um, pictures here of those. I don't know if you can see it. It's kind of small. Is that? Can you get a nice picture of that? Should I hold it? I in? got your computer, so we're good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So it's very lo-fi, uh, you know, showing you this picture. Um, someday we'll be able to just pop that picture right up on there. Yeah. Um, but that's that's very cool. Um, I've actually been inside this mosque before. The one in Taipei. It's yeah, a the municipal one in Taipei. heritage site. 
Yeah, it's very cool. I mean, there are parts of the building that you can't necessarily Access. go in. Mm-hmm. If you are a woman, you have to stay in certain parts. I think if you're a non-believer, I don't think you can see the whole thing. But mm-hmm. it's, That's it's a really beautiful building. And a lot of um, migrant workers, in particular from Indonesia, mm-hmm. um, will visit this mosque. But from other places as well, um, African countries. Um, and there are definitely also Taiwanese people who are Muslim as well. Yeah. A lot of um, the kind of second generation uh, people from uh, different parts of China yeah. who were traditionally Muslim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jen Dolari says, when I was writing my pen pal back in the 90s, she would send all these really big and beautiful stamps on the envelope. I always felt bad because the American stamps I had were just tiny ones, color woodcut portraits of people she probably <laughs> wouldn't know. I really should have tried harder. In the States, we have forever stamps. The forever stamps, are, what are they? Is it a flower, I think? I don't know. I haven't seen any U.S. stamps in a while. The recent ones I got were artichokes. Artichokes? Mm-hmm. Oh. Just, yeah. One artichoke per stamp. From the, from the States? Brilliantly That's green. Kind oh, of forever cool. stamps are the American flag. Oh. Okay. okay. Good old stars and stripes. That never goes out of style. No, it don't. <laughs> All Pat- right. Patriotism, Andrew, does not go out of style, my friend. <laughs> but I do want one of these stamps. The one with the moss on it. I think it's pretty cool. I think yeah. it's a nice um, sign of Taiwan's um, kind of inclusive culture mm-hmm. and, uh, I guess, attempts to embrace people who are from different backgrounds. So, yay for that. So, we're going to move on now to a story about an uh, advertisement um, <laughs> by the Taiwan Rail Authority, um, uh-huh. which is, I guess kicked up a bit of a controversy. Um, I have another picture here that I can show you of that while Kat tells us about it. Right. So this is actually not a new advertisement. I think people just recently zoomed in on it. It is displayed in a corridor in Taipei City Mall, underground Taipei City Mall. And it is based off of Qingming Shanghe Tu, which is... Uh, Qingming Festival on the... Whatever. On the river. On the river. Yeah, it's a it's a huge. It's probably one of the biggest scroll paintings that's mm-hmm. uh, in the National Palace Museum it's very in Taipei. Intricate. You can see like tiny little people doing going on about their lives. It's. I think it's one of the biggest displays of like everyday life mm-hmm. in ancient China uh, during the Qingming Festival. We actually did a little segment for that for Taiwan Insider. I remember wow. that talking about all the. I forget how many, is it like a more than a thousand people in the picture? Something like that. It looks that. like that. Yeah. Yeah. But these, um, in this advertisement, the people are swapped out for bears. Uh, let me show you that one more time. Which should be pretty cute, right? Um, I love you bears. have uh, our own Formosan black bears with the chaling white V on their chests. You have little, what I think are. Polar bears, are they white in that? Because my photo is black and white. Very telling. Is that close? How close is it? Yeah, we're good. Oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah. We have polar bears and pandas. So the controversy is here you see the Formosan black bears are the ones doing all the work. They're carrying the stuff around. They're carrying the yolks, the rickshaws. And the pandas are our customers. They are being serviced. And people are saying, or yeah, people who are prote- protesting are saying, this is Taiwanese people bowing down to the Chinese people. Um, I mean, if it's <laughs> to promote, what, what is promote tourism? It's to promote tourism. So like... Which kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. Like we are, we are 
the tourism industry in this fo- in this drawing in this painting. So we're welcoming visitors and yeah, serving them, and right? And it's not just panda bears that are in the drawing. We have polar bears, which I'm assuming represents people from other parts of the world. I mean, if you want to put it this way, it's just that the Formosan black bear is very diligent, hardworking, industrious. Yeah, we like to hustle. Yeah, we like to hustle. I like that. The grind. <laughs> But uh, but I guess not everybody was convinced by that. No, but if you're interested, you can zoom in again and see. It's very cute. They put boba and um, rice cakes and tea and chicken cutlet jipai uh, in the painting. Now you're just getting me hungry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm kind of hungry. Should I hold it up again? Let's um, see if I can hold it. Or maybe we'll go give people a link. Yeah, yes, we can how about that? link that in... This. How, how about I just like leave a message right now? Why don't yeah. you do it, Andrew? This is the, the the marvels and wonders of 21st century technology. It is called Shong Shong Shanghe Tu. isn't that, that the cutest bear thing? bear <laughs> bear bear on is, the river? Yeah, it was originally painted in 2014 by Zhang Xingtang. Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us for uh, this edition of Here in Taiwan. If you have any questions or comments, do leave a comment below. For Here in Taiwan, I'm Andrew Ryan. I'm Leslie Liao. And I'm Catherine Wei. We'll talk to you again soon. and welcome to this week's Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. This week, we're going to be talking about the very famous Japanese animation studio, Studio Ghibli. Now, if you grew up in Taiwan, you'll know their movies like My Neighbor Totoro, Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, Kiki's Delivery Service, and Laputa Castle in the Sky, as well as Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind. There's just a bunch to name. Anyway, people love the Japanese animated movies from Studio Ghibli, which was founded by Hayao Miyazaki. Last week, the studio released 400 high-definition images from its films, saying that people can use them within reason to do whatever they want. They just forfeited their copyrights and their licensing fees and encouraged people to get creative. Well, the internet being the internet, people turned those images into memes. Now, usually I try to make hashtag both audio and video friendly, but because of the nature of this week's show, if you have access to a computer and access to the internet, I highly recommend you check out the video segment. Anyway, without further ado, here's this week's Hashtag Taiwan. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about Studio Ghibli. You say you don't know what Studio Ghibli is? Y'all tripping! Studio Ghibli is the Japanese animation studio founded by Hayao Miyazaki. Miyazaki is of course the mastermind behind hugely famous feature-length projects like My Neighbor Totoro, Spirited Away, Ponyo, and Howl's Moving Castle. Ghibli is very loved in Taiwan. You can find merchandise of their characters everywhere from department stores to night markets. In the past, the studio has been very strict about copyrights and licensing. That is until earlier this week when out of nowhere, it released 400 free-to-use high-definition images from eight of its films. Free-to-use as in anyone can download and alter the pictures within reason. At first, people didn't really know what to do with the images, but the internet always finds a way. So allow me to introduce you 
to hashtag the first Studio Ghibli meme competition. It's not really a competition, it's just a trending hashtag in Taiwan that people are attaching to Ghibli picture memes. It's blown up overnight and it's popular with politicians, university, meme pages, you name it. People are just churning out top shelf content. Shinzu Mayor Lin Zijian uses the images to tell a story about food. The first picture says, Shinzu has no good food, to which someone responds, no good food, say that again. Another picture is captioned with, Shinzu rice noodles coming up, and then, I didn't think food in Shinzu was this good. Then, a last picture of a pig says, if you're not careful in Shinzu, you'll eat until you end up looking like this. Ilan City is situated on the east coast of Taiwan. It's located about 40 minutes from Taipei, and it's a popular weekend destination for city folk. A meme page called Kawaii Ilan turned their grievances with weekend tourists into Ghibli memes. Here it says, when weekend tourists say food in Ilan is delicious. When I try to go to work, but my path is blocked by tourists, Elan tourist destinations on weekdays and want to hear a joke? Elan is Taipei's backyard. There are a lot of these memes, and I mean so many that my head started spinning while writing this segment. Let's do a quick lightning round. This is what my bunny looked like when I first brought it home. This is what it looks like half a year later. My mom, when she says she'll cook whatever. Me showing up to a party and forgetting about a dress code. Hey lady, you can't go in there without a face mask. Me walking home from work trying to find a meaning in my life. And that annoying kid in class who always says they forget there's a test today, but gets perfect marks. I'm going to end today's segment with some homegrown memes made right here at RTI. Now, we have an employee restaurant in the basement of our building called Yongbao. It's been here for over 10 years, and unfortunately, they are moving to another location in October. Radio Taiwan International is located in a part of Taipei that's a little bit out of the way, so the convenience of being able to go downstairs and order a plate of fried rice will definitely be missed. RTI Events Facebook page told a story about how we here are all feeling. I'm not continuing to lease the space. Really? Then what will I eat in the future? The other options are so far away. Yongbao is leaving. This is big news. Did you do this? How could I do this? We are the ones that suffer without Yongbao. Even now as I record this, I can smell the faint aroma of roasted chicken wafting into the studio. Actually, something doesn't smell too right. Better veer on the side of caution. I'm going to go check this out. And that's it for this week's hashtag. I do know our show this week was a little bit longer, but I do hope you enjoyed it. Anyway, until next week, stay safe, stay happy, and stay healthy. I'll talk to you again soon. This is Status Update. Welcome to Status Update. I am Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Yes, we're going to be getting to your letters. Uh, letters that you write us and let us know what programs you heard this past week and whether the reception was good or bad and, and also uh, some details and comments you have for us. But before we get to all those, though, uh, we're going to update our status here a little bit. Um, John, you went to... Um, it was a new establishment. Yes. Yes. A very crowded new establishment. Oh, I'm sure. Anything new is like, uh, you know, yeah, people just crowd over there. Very interesting. It was. It's called X Park, and it is an aquarium. 
Wow. Why is it called X Park? Is it really like science fictional kind of? <laughs> no, I don't know where <laughs> the name comes that. from. Yeah. Apparently, it's somehow connected with a Japanese aquarium. Right, right, right. I remember. Yes. So uh-huh. I, I'm not sure if that means that it's their Taiwanese branch. I don't really know the backstory. I think it is. I think it is. But yeah. uh, it's just recently opened and it's, oh boy, crowded. Um, where, where is it? Taoyuan. Right by oh, the uh, well, it's like, high-speed rail station there. Okay, so it's like almost an hour's drive away, right? If you take the high-speed rail, it's like 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can walk to it from there. So not uh-huh. bad. Um, the, the, the longest part is waiting to get in. Oh, yeah, because wait, did you go on a weekend? Well, that's the long time I could go. Aw. Yeah. Yeah, mind you, everyone already has tickets pre-booked. And you didn't still, know. You no, guys no, didn't no, know. No, 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 no. We, oh. we did. Oh, you did. Oh, good. But you still have to wait. Oh, goodness. They have like, it's so crowded that um, they have time slots. They, they won't kick you out, but they won't let you in until your time slot has arrived. Uh-huh. And people are there from really early in the morning. I mean, we got there like 10 or maybe nine. I can't remember, but it was, there was already uh, a line. Wow. Easily, I don't know, a kilometer long. <laughs> Um, and you just kind of, yeah, lots of, lots of people coming to see, but I think definitely worthwhile because I I wasn't expecting to be as impressed as I was. Yeah. Um, cause I'm from not terribly far away from the U S national aquarium. And so like we would always go there for school trips. I've seen lots, lots of aquariums. (laughs) Um, I thought I would just be, just be another aquarium, but actually it was quite um, impressive. There's an entire wall that is, I don't know how high, uh, probably 10 meters, 12 meters, okay. 15 meters, a very, very high glass plate wall glass with wall. a whole school of those fish that move at yes. the same time in like a ball formation, plus, oh. plus rays and sharks. And they You're talking re- about real fish. Oh, yes. Okay. It's like <laughs> so an ocean. Sure. They've recreated an ocean habitat there. Oh and you goodness. can... And it's, it's, I don't know, I might it's be- large enough to fit two stories. Like there's a balcony. Uh-huh. It's that big. And wow. both the balcony and the ground floor were completely filled with you people. You know, I'm afraid of water. What I'm saying is that oh. I'm always like, you know, imagining that there's like, I don't know, the end of the world or something. <laughs> and then and then there's a huge flood. Uh, and Something I, like that. Oh, but, I, would I be scared? I don't know. I but don't know. I think it's There are some areas, I will say, that where the ceiling also is glass. And um, actually, uh, one part that was particularly interesting, and I'm not sure how they had this set up, is they have it. They want to. Sh- they show you different ocean habitats, right, or freshwater, different types of aquatic habitats. And yes. So one area recreates sort of a tidal intertidal zone. So they have waves splashing regularly at regular intervals over top of the glass, and the creatures that thrive in that kind of area where the tides go in and out along the yeah. shoreline are all there. They oh. also have basically a, a, a coral reef. Beautiful corals wow. and lots of really crazy jellyfish. Okay. Um, and also some of those scary Alaskan gigant, giant crabs. Okay. You know the ones I'm talking about? The no. The, oh, uh, oh, the king crabs. The I king crabs. Yeah, the, 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 the one that they serve a lot spiky. on Japanese dishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, I've never seen them live before, but there's a whole bunch, and and oh. you can walk through there. And this is not counting the crowds for easily more than an hour. I think I was there the whole into the afternoon. Yeah. Um, and Sounds so much fun. They have penguins, too, which is also very cute. Two types of penguins. Two types. Okay. And they have... It's kind of sad, but I think for Taiwanese people, very amazing. They have, like, basically a shaved ice machine that's, like, 
making fake snow. <laughs> it's what? If you come from a snowy region, it's kind of a bit funny. But anyway, oh, you mean like where the penguins are? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Oh, it looks okay. like shaved ice, not like real snow. <laughs> but it's like just kind of like plopping, <laughs> plop, plop. <laughs> okay. Because they have it running constantly. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, but uh, yeah, it was really cool. Uh, in the restaurant area, they have. I guess they have like different tunnels that the penguins can swim through. They're glass tubes. And you can see them as yeah, they're swimming. Yeah, they'll swim past on oh, their wow. way somewhere else. In the they've designed it so it's like a, not just a, an enclosure. Oh, that is so cool! Um, they're not like I've been to a penguin place in Japan where you could pet them, which I'm not sure is great for them. But mm. <laughs> um, it wasn't quite like that. But uh, uh, you could see them like behaving normally, and it yeah. was it was interesting. Wow. Did I recall? Because I remember we talked about this maybe in here in Taiwan some episodes ago, and um, there was something of, of the rainforest or something. Oh, there is, there is. Yeah, um, there wasn't very much in that section. I didn't think. Oh, okay. But maybe I just was didn't there. Didn't fancy the you. <laughs> there was like one kind of lemur-looking animal. I'm not sure what it was. The trainer was in there, but that was the only. I mean, there was some like fish. It made fake thunder noises and yeah. it had misters. So but it's the aquarium. Like, Why would there be a lemur? I don't know. <laughs> Why would there be penguins? I mean, they're land-based, too, largely, well, I think. Well, but, but by the water. <laughs> I guess. Anyway, uh, they have different environments from around the world. And I thought it it was uh, all pretty close on par with uh, the Taipei Zoo, which is really an excellent zoo. Yeah, yeah. I've been to other zoos in other parts of Asia. But if you have kids that need running around to, like, to wear them out, that's the place to go. <laughs> um, yeah. There were so many people. Thankfully, everyone wearing masks nicely. Okay. That's the rule. In yeah. That, in there you have to wear a mask because it's so crowded. But, right. Uh, fortunately, not so crowded that you can't see anything. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. It's kind of weird. There was one place, though, where they were like, oh, it's an hour and a half line to take a picture with these jellyfish. Oh. But then there were all these other jellyfish that you, no one was standing by. So I don't know why. They didn't look like, because I saw them. It was like, well, they look like all the other jellyfish. Why no, I think they standing? had some special jellyfish. I think either they kind of used like lighting to kind of light these, um, lighten up these. They look like, like the pink. other jellyfish. I was like, I'm not waiting an hour I, and a half. Now you this. remind me, because I think I saw a report about this. I think they have a special jellyfish section they do and i think but most of the jellyfish are pretty much unattended you can take a picture with any one of them you want i'm not i didn't didn't really see the appeal of those particular two jellyfish oh now i remember i think there's a special jellyfish section where you can learn everything about the jellyfish yeah they have their whole life cycle they raise them they raise them from like not babies but eggs or however they grow up and maybe that they have them labeled in different jars like how many weeks old very cute actually But I didn't know you I could really describe could jellyfish like as cute. Touch the jellyfish or something? No, that's not. In, uh, there was no room for that. <laughs> no? No. Well, I mean, do you think all jellyfish sting? No. There's some in Palau or, or Ally right, that don't. Which are, uh, right. So, that, that, I'm they guessing. Have a, they have a jellyfish lake. That's hmm, on my bucket I better list. check into that. I but, might be wrong. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. Um, all right. Not bad for a weekend. Oh, morning. great. Yeah, now I feel like I want to go. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, so, that was exciting. And now we're going to get to your letters. We always love to hear from you. And uh, please do write us and let us know what programs you listen to and what you think about them. So, the address is PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Or you can reach us by email at RTI at rti.org.tw. Of course, remember to check out our Facebook page and our YouTube channel and leave a comment. Okay. This first letter I have in my hand is coming from Roger Tidy of England. It says here, Hello again. For my third report this month, I want to concentrate on your broadcast of Saturday, September 19th. So um, let's see here. Under comments, he said... Uh, 
The day's broadcast commenced with newsmakers, which took a comprehensive look at lawmaker Fan Yun and the recent controversy with which she was connected. It was followed by Taiwan Brain Game, which was my least favorite segment in today's programming. The problem I had with this feature stems from the fact that it was made for the visual program Taiwan Insider and therefore had a pictorial element that could not be accessed via an audio medium such as radio. Indeed, this was explicitly expressed by Natalie at the beginning of the item when she said, we're going to see a lot of Nice pictures today. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Imagination, <laughs> I guess. I think this program has little value as a radio offering and, if possible, should be discontinued as an audio program. How about replacing it with a music segment such as, for example, Hit of the Week, that each week would showcase one of the current hit numbers in Taiwan? Hmm. I like that idea. Okay. Next up was Curious John, which this time focused on an, on an interesting human interest story with the help of Tony from your Indonesian service, who explained how ITI and other media had successfully traced a Taiwanese woman's old nanny. This was the, by far the best show on this day's RTI broadcast. Later in the broadcast, I heard Feast Meets West. Coincidentally, this show also majored on a human interest story in the form of a discovery of a variety of vinegars that had been made by a deceased relative and remained hidden for many years under a bed. There was also a new edition of Ear to the Ground, which looked at the problems involved in moving vast crowds of people in a short time. In this connection, I learned that town has one of the highest population densities among countries with more than 10 million people. Oh, goodness. Go to the aquarium. You can, they're, they're all there. The entire city showed up. <laughs> right. And, and get the feel of it. There were no technical problems during the above programs. Your internet audio was excellent. Best wishes, Roger Tidy. Well, thank you so much for the report. We've got a letter here from Jayanta Chakrabarti, who's writing to us from New Delhi in India. It says, Dear friends, I sincerely hope that all members of RTI are safe and are keeping in good health by the grace of God. It is a matter of relief and satisfaction that during this lockdown period, my family and I are being entertained by useful, informative, and interesting topics, besides news, by a radio station. I am happy to send a report on two topics that I enjoyed uh, listening to on the shortwave radio on the 31-meter band. Reception quality was good, with minimum external disturbances. The first pertained to the report about President Tsai Ing-wen reassuring the Taiwanese people of the capability and determination of the country's military forces to meet the challenges from mainland China and maintain peace and stability in the region. She was speaking against the backdrop of China's warplane aggression in recent weeks by entering Taiwan's air defense identification zone. The other report of interest was on Taiwan's call for strengthening of its investment environment and enhancing bilateral investment agreements with the EU. This will further improve Taiwan's relations with the world. President Tsai stated that Taiwan is in a good position Sorry, Taiwan is in a position to be an important partner in the sectors of RTI, biotech, and smart mobility. It has demonstrated the resilience of its economy during the COVID-19 pandemic. While most of the developed world is reeling under its impact, Taiwan has been able to register a healthy 1.56% economic growth rate. We in India wish Taiwan a complete economic recovery to post-coronavirus status. I understand that normal postal services have been affected. I would thus be thankful if the report is verified with a printed QSL card and when the situation normalizes. And this is a report, by the way, about our September 22nd uh, broadcast, listened to from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. As he writes, uh, reception was generally pretty good, all fours. Great. So thank you very much for that letter. It comes to us once again, Jayanta Chakrabarti of New Delhi, India. Okay, uh, this one I've got here is from um, Abdul Manam of Bangladesh. And uh, it looks like he listened in on September 21st. 
from 1600 to 1700 UTC at 9405 kilohertz, 31 meter band, and um, SIO code was 444, good signal and clear sound. It says, um, a regular listener of your English program, I listen to your English program every day. Reception condition is very nice. I would like to get your verification card. Uh, many days pass, but I don't get your letter. Oh, okay, I'm sorry about that. All right. So we probably should verify your uh, mailing address. Well, and also, as, yeah. we, as we said, postal services are, um, well, they're not terrible, but I've had to send a few things. And uh, I've been told that they're Didn't not, take. they can't really totally sure when the planes are going to be leaving and oh, so forth. You mean with the COVID? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think that the is true, of, of course. the number of mail, even cargo flights are reduced. So. Of course, of course. Oh, okay. Anyway, well, thank you so much. That was, again, Abdul Manan of Bangladesh. We have a stack of reports here from Brian Newell, who listens to us from Logansport, Indiana, in the U.S. And this stack of reports is about our broadcasts from September 9th to 24th. It says, Dear RTI, what a year this has been. <laughs> <laughs> Stay safe and find joy in the small things of life and take care. Um, and it is a report about our September 22nd here in Taiwan episode. Uh, this was hosted by Andrew and Catherine, and the discussion was about Disaster Prevention Day, uh, a simulation of an earthquake, I think in Tainan, and a cell phone alerts for compound disasters with tsunami, etc. Also, six awards to the National Education Radio Station, uh, and uh, there was discussion of Taiwan Soundscapes, Quiet Parks, and RTI's Golden Bell Awards, which uh, mm. actually we have a fair number of. Yeah. I think Andrew has one, doesn't he? Uh, oh, oh, yeah. You mean from the past? Oh, yeah. yeah sure, sure. Um, and uh, Natalie, too. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so uh, there was that was followed by Hashtag Taiwan. Uh, Lost in Taiwan video was a repeat of a prior program. Then Status Update, where you and I talked about a uh, wine tasting. <laughs> <laughs> Your wine tasting. <laughs> also on September 23rd, he listened to Here in Taiwan with Natalie, Paula, and Shirley about 7-Eleven's rice balls and tea eggs, which are oh yeah certainly a part of my regular diet. <laughs> same here. So Natalie was asking me questions that she recalls. You know, we had uh, uh, an ex-colleague and I. We would always be exchange ideas about what you know what we've eaten at Seven Eleven. And she asked if I've tried everything. No, I'm, I'm I haven't tried everything, but I am a picky eater. So okay, and also a discussion of a German tour guide crediting the open-minded people and beautiful countryside of Taiwan, and a Polish photographer who talked about the safety courtesy and kindness experienced here. Uh, also, a man who started training 13 rescue dogs after the 921 earthquake, and yeah. uh, the training lasts 18 months. Uh, also, cat rescue shelters in Taipei, and a minim- midnight animal canteen. Oh, right, right, right. Cats like to had eat that story. all times of the day. <laughs> uh, that was followed by just the classics. Catherine hosted that program. Uh, it featured a song by John Wei Song, uh, called The Backbone of the Home. And uh, it was a song that brings tears, apparently. So I hope that uh, it wasn't too tearful of an experience. Really? Um, and on September 24th, you listened to Here in Taiwan with Catherine and myself. We talked about President Tsai stopping in at a Penghu tea shop unexpectedly uh, and multilingual menus with some issues that that might present. <laughs> also, sure. uh, Hongchun Airport got its first civilian flight in six years. Um, and... There's also that Czech T-shirt that says "I'm Taiwanese." Oh, right. It's available in Taiwan now. Yeah, and I understand pre-orders are uh, quite. There's quite a backup for that. Um, also, President Tsai was honored by Time as one of the most 
Influential People in the World. That was followed by Hashtag Taiwan, hosted by Leslie. Um, this, again, was a repeat. Uh, and then In the Spotlight, where you discussed uh, Spark Labs with Edgar Chu. Yes. All right. Well, that's it for this week's uh, status update. Thank you so much for joining us. And But we still want to hear from you, so do write us letters. Our address is PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And please don't forget to check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel and leave us a comment there. Until next week, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Goodbye. Bye. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. <laughs>